Hey folks, welcome to episode 247 of the FLW Bass Fishing Podcast in Shaftesbury, Vermont. I'm Jody White, joined from Norwalk, Iowa by Kyle Wood. Yeah, hey, you got it this time. Yeah, baby, I remembered it. Um, <laughs> you wrote it down somewhere, didn't you? No, I didn't actually. Oh, I mean, I had faith in you, just not that much faith. Yeah, look, here's the thing. I just have a great memory, and it's impeccable. <laughs> You're like an elephant. Pretty much. An elephant, but a handsome elephant, too. And a modest elephant. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, Kyle, I, before we get too deep in this, we got to discuss the weather. We've got about, yeah, probably three or four inches of fresh snow here. It's since been about 37 to 40 all day, and it's down to about two inches. What's your What's your weather situation? Uh, all the snow we had is pretty much melted. It is sunny. It's like 50 degrees outside. Um, and it's going to just keep being decently nice. In fact, I should maybe even think about going to catch some fish. Dude, you might want to go catch some fish. Uh, I... But we'll see. It's, uh, maybe going to snow again tomorrow here, which could be very exciting. Um, today we got quite a bit more snow than was forecasted. Uh, and then like Thursday, Friday, I'm going to begin to, my departure process, but I'm going to be at Cumberland on the weekend. Uh, so where's that at? Um, Burnside, Kentucky. Burnside. Wow. For being in Burnside, Kentucky just a minute ago, um, my weather app really doesn't want to give me that. <laughs> it was like, look, man, we've already been there. Oh, great. You don't need so to So anyway, back. fishing a tournament there. High of 49, 70% chance of rain on Saturday. Perfect. Love that. Excellent. Love it. Love to see it. That's my, my favorite kind of day on good old Cumberland. Uh, but anyway, we got a good show today. Right, Kyle? Oh, absolutely. Uh, first up, we've got an interview with Josh Strachner, uh, BFL this is where you should cut in all the times you ruined it uh, before you said it right. I'm going to put that at the end. <laughs> uh, <laughs> BFL superstar. And then you and I are going to talk is. about stuff. Uh, there's some fishing news to talk about. We got a pro circuit sort of announcement, sort of not. Like, it's kind of out there, kind of not, been, but we're going to talk about that. We got some Marshall stuff going on um, and just a few other things to note and maybe some actual technique talk, but not too, too much of that. But, uh, that sound good to you? Yeah, sit down, strap in, let's get rolling. All right, well, here is uh, the one and only Josh Strachner. All righty, and now we are joined by Josh Strachner. I, Josh, I think I got that right. Am I correct <laughs> or close? You, you, got, you, got it, you got it real close, real close. <laughs> All righty. Uh, Josh is coming off back-to-back AOI titles in the Bama division of the BFLs. He's got uh, three total. He won one back in 2010 as well. Uh, two wins each of the last two seasons. Um, Josh, thanks for coming on, man. You're crushing life. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's It's been a, a pretty good run. You know, you, you always got to be thankful for, for having a good year because you, <laughs> you never know what's going, what, what it's going to be like the next year. So it's, I'm always thankful for that. That's uh, That's for sure. Before we like dive too much into the fishing and sort of talk about the year that was, and uh, just where you're at in on that side of things, uh, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? You know, how did you get into fishing? What do you do? That that sort of thing. Because you haven't been, you know, you've been fishing the BFLs since I guess 2010 or so. Well, 2009 yeah. is I 2008 2009, but you know, at the same time, I'm sure you've been fishing a lot longer than just that. Yeah, you know, I was I guess I was fortunate. Uh, my father he, he got me to fishing tournaments with him. He had me in a boat fishing pretty big tournaments with him when I was I think six or seven years old and you know, he he'd been a lot better off if he had a regular fishing partner in the boat with him. But he always he got me out and uh I actually quit fishing for a long time. Uh I didn't really get get started back uh till I was in my early twenties I guess and uh First thing I started doing was fishing the BFLs, and 
you know, working full time, I worked construction for a general contractor in Birmingham. And, you know, for, for guys like me fishing the BFLs, I mean, this, you couldn't, couldn't ask for a better, better, better kind of circuit. You know, it's, uh, I like fishing the draw, the draw trails and the BFLs, you know, it's, there's only five tournaments and, uh, just one day Saturday tournaments and this is always good money in it and uh you can do good especially with all the contingencies nowadays that's that's what's i think driving a lot of it now is you got a good chance to to win some money you know even if you don't win a tournament so uh but other than that uh i just enjoy fishing the bfls i i want to step it up or i would like to step it up some like i'm gonna try to fish the fw series next year and if i can get everything worked out right and uh see how that goes i think i'll always fish the bfl just because i've always enjoyed them so much yeah no doubt they they're they look like super fun tournaments i've never i've never had the pleasure of fishing one but they also like it's a it's a pretty easy bite size to take into tournament fishing and you know some guys end up fishing multiple divisions or something like that and all of a sudden they've fished a lot but it seems like you've kind of I was looking on your Facebook page, like, you've fished plenty of other tournaments in and around. I think you even saw you fished a Bass Open, like, maybe last mm-hmm. year or this year in the wintertime. But, you know, you that sort of committing to, hey, I'm fishing this this division of the BFLs, obviously, it's uh, it's not too bad when you've only got the five. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's not uh, – you don't have to spend a crazy amount of money. You know, it's, uh, you know, for a lot of guys, you know, spending – a thousand or two, three, four thousand dollars for you know for for an entry fee, and that's that's a that's a load, you know, and uh, the time off and all that, and so the BFL just they just set up good for me, you know, and it's not you know that it's not so much money and so much time involved that you people get so stressed out about it, uh, you know, it's 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 kind of a, I guess I don't know if you call it a low key. But you can just kind of fish. I fish. I got to where I can just fish and relax. You know, I used to worry about a lot. When I first started fishing the BFLs, uh, worrying about catching the limit or if the conditions aren't right. You know, and, and I just I've kind of learned to uh, just not worry about things that you can't control. You hear a lot of the a lot of the pros talk about you know not worrying about things you can't control and the mental side of it, and they couldn't be more more right about that you know and i think the last couple of years for me i think that's been the difference the, the big difference and you know and how i approach these tournaments and how I, how I feel about them so yeah well that's an interesting thing to bring up because like if you look at your stats you've basically never done bad like even uh even like let's say 2015 right you finished 88 in points but you only fished three of the tournaments and you had two top tens like it's pretty dang good um, and then these last two years, you've had, you've top 10 in three-fifths of the tournaments and, uh, you know, one, two each year. Like, that's incredible. You know, that's, like, amazing stuff. What, you think it's just mentally that it's sort of come together for you recently? I think so. You know, it's like, a, like I mentioned before, uh, I used to worry about a lot of things, you know, if the whatever lake that we were going to the, the the conditions weren't wasn't setting up right for how i like to catch them and uh you just i just kind of quit worrying but you can't worry about that kind of stuff you just kind of got to go you know and as far as the, you know the points do I've, that's another reason i like the bfls uh, keep, i like keeping up with the points you know and it just kind of gives you an extra little push to to try to work a little harder and, and to, do, to do good and uh you know some of the tournaments is I feel like I'm not on enough fish to do good, and I just, you know, I don't, I try not to worry about, you know, winning the tournament or, or trying to keep a points lead or trying to get a points lead, and just, I just kind of quit worrying about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. How do you prep for him? Because I talked with Adam Wagner just yesterday, and he's like, you know, as far as the sort of mountain division and Music City division goes, he's probably the most successful guy in those by you know, pretty good stretch, at least at times. And he basically just practices the Friday before and, you know, he's been doing this long enough and he's spent enough time, you know, in this neck of the, in his neck of the woods that a day of practice is, you know, it's enough for him. What do you, what do you do? Like, what's your kind of game plan? Um, cause 
you know, obviously you fished around enough, you've been to almost all these lakes at least a little bit. You know, you're not, I would imagine you're rarely hitting a lake for the first time. Yeah, that's, uh, he's right. Uh, I usually just fish the, the Friday before the tournament. And, uh, most of the time, uh, if I can, if I don't have anything else going on, uh, I try to go the weekend before. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a believer that you, you know, you, far as prep you really don't have to always fish the lake that you got the next tournament on just for me staying on the water just fishing you know whether if i don't have the time to drive all the way down to Ufala, I, I just even if i don't have a tournament i'll i'll go right here on the coosa river and just fish all weekend and i think that helps a lot too but other than that just the, the friday before and and already having prior knowledge of the lakes that i've been fishing all my life you know so that's, that's pretty much it for me. All right. Now, you said drive all the way to Ufala, but you won on Ufala this year, and then you won uh, tw- once on Ufala last year, and I think maybe you got another win on Ufala, too, if I'm – I could be wrong on that. Uh, no, that was on Gunners in 2010. But, like, yeah, obviously you've got a pretty good relationship with Ufala, so uh, what's the uh, what's the deal there? Does it just fit your style, or, or what's going on? <laughs> well – uh, you know that's that's, that's a you follow the that's a, starting to be a special place for me is it's hard to put my finger on why i've been doing good down there but i've never really fished down there a whole lot up until the last couple of years and uh what couple of times i've been down there i always got my butt kicked pretty bad and i always uh seemed like i always tried to fish the whole lake in one day you know, during the tournament, you just can't, that lake's so big, you just can't do it, and, uh, I have spent, I've put my time in down there, uh, during the off time when I don't have anything else going on, I'll, sometimes I'll drive down there, and, uh, just spend the day riding around looking, graphing, and, uh, again, it's, it's, it's a hard thing, I don't know exactly why I've done so good down there, but I just, I know I've, it, I guess it kind of fits my style, I like to fish offshore, and uh, and you, I couldn't, a guy couldn't learn that like the offshore stuff in a lifetime. You know, there's so much stuff out there. So, but again, though, one of the tournaments I won this year down there was, uh, I think it was in March, and uh, I won it. You know, fishing the bank. So it's it's just a fun place to fish. No doubt. Do you feel like you have like a style of fishing that you can you lean into? It sounds like you're you're kind of one of those guys who's maybe can catch them just about every way, which is pretty dangerous. Well, I, I don't know if I've, I've, I've thought about that before, but what's the, you know, somebody asked you what style do you like fishing? And I think my biggest deal is, is getting away from people. Uh, I've never really liked fishing in the crowd. And I guess that's one, one good thing about you follow. It's, it's so big and vast. You can, you can get away from people, you know, even that way I fished a tournament down there this year with 225 boats in it and, uh, never really even getting, getting more close to anybody all day fishing, you know? So I think, I think if I can get away from a lot of people fishing in the area or, or kind of get out by myself, especially offshore, uh, I'm just more, I'm, I'm more comfortable. I can relax and, and just fish the day, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, what's, uh, what's your home like? Or like, what's your, you said you might go fishing on the Coosa. Is that sort of your home, home area? Yeah. Uh, I'd say, I live, I live right in between Logan Martin Lake and Lay Lake. So I kind of grew up on Logan Martin. That's where I guess where my dad spent most, most of his time. But I would say my home lake is Lay Lake. Uh, I've probably fished it more than, more than any, any other lake. And, uh, so it really all the Coosa River lakes are just are just a good place to good place to learn, you know. Yeah, no doubt because those lakes are really. I've only ever fished Lay before, I think, but if I remember, like those lakes are really pretty diverse. Like you've got current, you've got grass. There's like brush and off and offshore stuff to fish. Like it seems like you've got a real good mix of things you can learn how to do, and you got usually two species, right? Yeah, we got two species. You know, the spotted bass is what the what the Coosa River's well known for, and and every lake they are they really are they're completely different. Uh, and you can fish 
way up these rivers, getting fish behind the dams and the tail race or uh, on the lower ends on the lakes, especially uh, like Jordan, you can fish real clear water. So uh, growing up fishing these kind of lakes, you, 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 you can learn a lot. And I don't live too far from Lake Martin. That's uh that's probably my favorite place to fish really is, is, is Lake Martin. I like fishing the clear water and for some reason I think the last couple of years, uh Lake Martin's been my worst finishes, so I don't know what's going on down there. I'm gonna have to step it up some. So. All right. Well we got one of those uh we've got a pro circuit event down at Lake Martin next year and I'm I'm excited for that one because I've never I've never been, but it looks like one of those places that's got a lot of fish and you know could be a pretty fun fishery for sure yeah it's gonna be interesting to see what what those guys do down there i think it's been a while since they've since they've been there and uh it's uh lake martin's really really come along the last couple of years and i thought they got the, the blueback heron deal going on down there and it, it's gonna be interesting no sure. doubt you you mentioned that you might try and fish the uh, flw series next year what are you you know, you've definitely, I, I won't say that you've had so much success at the trip, at the, you know, BFL level that you have to move up because you never have to move up if you don't want to. But like, right. what, what do you have in mind for your future fishing career? Do you want to keep testing your strength and take it as far as you can? Or do you just like being able to fish around the house? What's your, what's your vibe? <laughs> You know, I, I think anybody always likes staying local, you know, fishing lakes that they know. But I do enjoy fishing a strange lake. Uh, I love, love going somewhere I've never been before and, and trying to learn it quick, you know. But I think uh, for me, I think if I can ever if I can move up to the FAW series and uh, just, you know, just do good, and, and especially if I could ever win one, uh, I think that financially I'd, I'd free anybody up. i know it'd free me up to, to maybe try to step it up you know to another level one day having having the money to do it but uh yeah for right now i think the, i think the bfls are good for me so yeah those uh you know that uh you know a coast or a costa or absolute series or bass open like when you win one of those things there is like there's significant money that you don't really see at the BFL level unless you're winning a regional or the All American or something like that. You know, you've you've got that's a chance to really you know put yourself in the black, so to speak, and make and then you can make a lot of decisions after that. That's exactly right. If you can if you can ever win one and, and have the you know have the the funds to do it, I think it take for me it take a lot of pressure off. You know, if I I was ever to qualify for the FLW tour, you know, and if I had to do it completely on my own, you know, without having any success, you know, in the series or or in the BFLs, it just make it a lot harder, you know. Uh, I'm gonna try to fish the. I think it's the. I think y'all split it up to nine divisions. Oh yeah, it's probably now. that southeastern division. It's Wheeler, then Neely Henry, and you follow. Like that's right. If I had a guess for you, that's where I would. That's what I'd be thinking about. <laughs> I'm gonna. I think I've already signed up for the for the you follow one already, and uh, I still got some stuff, some schedule stuff to work out between other tournaments and and my job. You know, my full time job. And uh, if I can get everything worked out the way I want want it to happen, I'm gonna fish all three of them. I'm gonna try try to at least. So. Nice. Yeah, that would be that would be pretty slick because. I'm curious to see what a lot of people do because next year there's a, you know, those FLW series events being so close together, it makes, it's still a pretty high entry fee. Obviously entry fees went down, but still a big entry fee, but it makes the travel and sort of the time commitment a lot more manageable for someone who maybe hasn't fished BFLs before because they didn't, or has only fished BFLs before because because they didn't want to start making those drives. And so it's definitely... I'm I'm really curious to see how the fields shape up and just what things will look like because it's it's a, there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, obviously, that comes with higher entry fees, and you probably want more than a day of practice if you're going to do that. Yeah, you'll have to dedicate you know a week week off at least you know for the tournament. I think they start on a Thursday anyway, but uh, I think you're right. I think 
I think you're going to see a lot more, a lot more of the the BFL, the grassroots guys try to step it up, just because they don't. There's there's not going to be so much travel and so much time off involved in fishing the series as it was before. So now, I, I I'm a, I'm going to be interested to see how it all shakes out too. I, I think especially in the around in the in the south, I think you're going to have a lot more a lot more guys trying to step up and do it. So. Yeah, no, I I agree for sure. What a, you know, you've won a bunch these last couple of years, uh, but if I'm if I have it in my head right, I don't think you've made an All American yet. Uh, I haven't. Uh, I think I've been. Uh, I think the Gunnersville this year was my. I think my only second or third region I've been to, and uh, just so far I just got close, you know, but I just couldn't. Haven't haven't made the made the deal yet so were you, you weren't like a fish away at gunnersville or anything this year were you like it just you fin? i think you finished eighth if i'm looking at it right which is two spots out of top six but well i don't know how you count two spots out of top six which is what you need but you didn't lose the yeah. all-american fish did you <laughs> man i think i lost everything in that tournament oh <laughs> I no i'm not gonna complain uh i just you know, I had a, such a good year, and you know, didn't have any regrets about nothing. And then uh, I felt like I, even though I had a, you know, I had a good finish, eighth place. You can't, you always know, got to be thankful for, you know, something like that. But I just uh, the final day, I, I let myself down. I, I couldn't. Uh, I had some couldn't couldn't put the fish in the boat, and I, I kind of got strung out and went went against everything i said earlier about the mindset and not worrying about things but uh, i knew it was i knew it was gonna be a real tough tournament going into it just by the people i've talked to and looking at the results what's been going on up there and i really don't know the like uh i've only been up there just a few times and it was a it was just a super tough tournament i, I never had a limit all three days and uh, the only chance i had for a limit was the final day and you know just i couldn't didn't execute and didn't put them in the boat and it's just one of those deals and you got to put it put it behind me and hopefully uh my fort next year at chickamauga regional so. yeah no doubt how uh how were you catching them at gunnersville this year how were i was catching them punching mats uh I, coming into that tournament I've, I've had some decent success on gunnersville fishing you know the offshore the underwater hydrilla and uh, i told myself going into it that i wasn't going to get anywhere around these grass mats and frog fish and flip and get around the crowds i was going to fish offshore and uh well i went up there and i spent three days fishing offshore hydrilla and uh i, I could not catch a fish and uh it was just i, I don't i think i caught one keeper in two or three days fishing out there and every time i got around a grass mat uh i'd catch one so i had to do it and uh i just found one little stretch is uh it's actually about a probably a 30 or 50, 30 to 50 foot stretch of grass i could i had a couple some big fish in it i caught two nice ones out of it during practice and the first day i went to it uh i caught it three or four out of it real quick and they were all you know pretty good fish i think i had four fish the first day second day it didn't go didn't go good i didn't lose anything really the first second day uh i think i lost a keeper the first day but uh the third day it was pouring down rain it blasted off and uh, you know everything changed and i didn't have nothing else to go to so i went back to the same stretch of grass and uh they were just biting and they were all big uh i put one one good fish in the boat lost two more caught a good one put it in the boat then lost two more and all that happened like in two and a half hours and uh after that is i never had another bite the rest of the day it was just a it was a crazy deal <laughs> for sure yeah no doubt you uh so like you uh you've won obviously a bunch these last couple of years can you have you ever gone into a tournament and be like, I think I'm gonna win this or does it sneak up on you to a degree? How's how's that shake out? I know this year the T U follow tournaments, uh, they snuck up on me. Uh, so I think the first one was in March 
and uh, that Friday before, uh, I caught, I think, two or three keepers, and I was worried about catching limit during the tournament. And uh, I told a friend of mine that I was staying with that I was just going to go crank some rocks, some riprap, and just try to catch a limit and, and not worry about anything else. And uh, wind up catching, uh, I can't remember exactly what I had down there. Uh, 22.9. 22.9, that's right, and uh, that just snuck up on me. Uh, I think I caught like a seven or eight pounder with about 30 minutes to go and uh, gave me, you know, a lot of that a lot of that weight. And it pretty much happened again at the, the two-day, the super tournament this year down at Eufaula. I was, uh, I actually spent about a day and a half, I think, before that tournament fishing, and uh, it was super tough. Uh, everybody you know, ran into you, wasn't nobody catching anything, and I didn't catch anything in practice. Uh, it was another deal where I was worried about catching the limit, and I was kind of starting to get a little stressed out. I was leading the points and didn't, didn't want to lose that. And, uh, you know, fishing, I know for me down there, especially offshore, you, you don't never really know what you're on. Because uh, you don't want to be pulling up to a brush pile or a, a tree or ledge whatever you're fishing down there pull up to it and get a bite i don't want to sit there and catch two or three more especially when i know it's going to be a real low weight tournament you know so i kind of get a bite in the area and kind of skip around and get a bite here and there and just leave you know and come to the tournament i just start running everything everything i feel like i can get a bite on and like i said you don't don't never it's hard to know exactly what what you're on I, i'm there I, I was never one to say any way to say that i think i'd catch 18 pounds uh, seems like if i ever say that it, I, it turns know, around on you <laughs> yeah so, I hear you. yeah it's, it's weird that both the wins this year is like snuck up on me for sure so we're kind of in the off season now like you know to a degree what do you what do you do when you're not fishing you know do you is it just pretty much you either work or you fish or do you have other stuff you get into I pretty much fish all the time. I do hunt a little bit. Uh, we actually have some hunting land on, on Lake Martin, and uh, I'll go down there three or four weekends during the winter, and I'll bring my boat, and uh, I'll hunt one day and fish the next day, and, you know, go home and do it again the next weekend. So I, I do a little bit of hunting, but I usually don't miss very many weekends of fishing. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, I guess... Honestly, that's that's pretty well wrapped up on my end. I'm, you know, because it sounds like you still got decisions a little bit to make on what your what your AAA level outlook is next year. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure you're going to still probably win a few BFLs if these last couple of years are any sort of guide. Um, but uh, man, before I let you go, is there anything you want to plug or uh, any place people can follow you online or anything like that? You know, the floor is yours. I really, I just, I like to think, you know, I've got some, some good people behind me, you know, mainly, you know, good Lord and my family. They always, uh, my family, especially my dad, he's always wanting me to do, to do good and he wants me to step it up to the next level. So my family and, uh, uh, the, the few sponsors I do have, uh, Triton and Mercury, uh, get a boat from them every couple of years, cause, mainly because of the contingency in the BFLs, you know, and, uh, I like like to thank thank them and reaction innovations they the for me for confidence baits the uh, the skinny dipper and a and a beaver is what i've probably done most of my damage on this year and uh just anything with confidence you know gives me more confidence uh going into these these bfls it, it really helps out a lot so i just i got a lot to be thankful for and you know if next year next couple of years you know I don't do any good and I always kind of look back to this year and the, the one before and, and kind of, kind of look back and see what I was doing right, what I was doing wrong, you know? So I'm, I'm just very, very thankful of everything really. All right. Well, if you can make it to three AOIs in a row, you will have, <laughs> you know, you're in pretty rare air then. I know Cole Floyd is riding three in a row in uh, the LBL division. A couple of years ago, Casey Martin did three in a row in uh the choo-choo division which to do it there is like pretty bonkers to me even though he guides on gunnersville like that one is that seems like a wicked stout division but uh 
you know, Alabama kicks out like 40 bazillion amazing anglers every year. So I've got no doubt the Bama division is just as tough. And, man, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it too, Jody. And uh, I thank y'all a lot for, for doing what y'all do. And uh look forward to do a lot, you know, many more tournaments we have on the BFLs and hopefully the series and maybe maybe something else one day, so we'll see. All right, so Kyle, our uh, current big news is the FLW Pro Circuit. Uh, you want to tell me, uh, you want to give me the lowdown on this? You posted this story, thus it's your turn to talk. Well, yeah, so basically we have um, the Pro Circuit schedule is out along with the championship for the pro circuit which is called the flw title uh and we have the location for that so i don't know if we should should we just run through the pro circuit um schedule first and then go into the title like just as it naturally would progress uh for those that may not have seen it yet sure although isn't the schedule the same thing it is but maybe a quick reminder just so people can hear all the fun uh, that's going to go down because it is a pretty sweet schedule. I love being reminded about things. So January 23rd, 26th on Rayburn. That's where we kick things off. February 20th to the 23rd, Harris Chain. March 19th to the 22nd, Lake Martin in Alabama. April 2nd to the 5th, Cherokee. April 23rd to the 26th, Hartwell. May 14th to the 17th, Dardanelle. And then June 27th to the 30th on the Detroit River, uh, which is actually a Saturday to Tuesday tournament um, due to the fact that uh, that is when you'll be able to fish in Canada. So we had the dates. Weren't the dates beforehand the tournament was going to exist when you couldn't fish in Canada? Well, basically, you were going to be able to fish in Canada on the weekend. So oh, yeah. Like, the first couple days. You yeah. Could, like, so the season was You could have gone yeah. and looked. You know, you just can't fish. You could look for them, though, in right, practice. Right. Uh, or not look and just fish in the U.S. But then, yeah, so basically, you know, it's uh, it's full-on in Canada, which I kind of, my vibe would, that, would be that this tournament, there's a pretty good chance it could get one on, like, betting fish on the North Shore of Lake Erie. Um, that would be my guess. But I, I'm not, again, super, super dialed in there. Do you sure, have any thoughts sure. on that? No, it, I, I think that would be a, a relatively safe bet, That uh, especially being out of the the river. Yeah, the access to Erie is a lot easier. Yeah. Not um, that guys couldn't catch him in St. Clair, because like, St. Clair has obviously been super good the last few years. For sure, for sure. But we'll, we'll probably see more uh, Erie play yeah. than we did last It'll time. It'll be essentially much more difficult and annoying to cover than it was before. 100%. 100%. Uh, so, love that. <laughs> uh, but then this is this is really... The, so, you're right. All the, all of what I just read has kind of been out for a little while. The bigger thing is, A, the FLW title is the championship of the season next year. So, it's 150 guys on the pro circuit. Then the top 50 uh, from just the pro circuit, right? So, now it's no longer... Yeah, they're not pulling uh, in any... Well, back when the championship was the cup... You know, we would pull in guys from other things that, you know, people who've been very successful elsewhere. No more of that. Uh, I should also mention that the Pro Circuit is regular four-day tournament, five-fish limit. Just like normal. Um, So it's basically, yep, just like the tour was. The title, on the other hand, is uh, Major League Fishing Rules. So catch away, release, uh, they'll split the guys into two different groups. Um, it'll be a six day thing, uh, where they break like first four days or group A, then group B, then group A, then group B. And then, uh, the top 20 of those fish on day five. And then day six will be the top 10 guys. Uh, so yeah, that is all going to go down on the St. Lawrence river, August 8th to the 13th. So should be quite the banger. Out of Messina, too, which is Out of Messina, very yes. far east. Uh, so nobody's going to be fishing in the lake in that tournament. Yeah, Unless, for sure. This you know, they did some MLF tournaments this year where guys could launch wherever they wanted. I'm guessing 
that's not going to be the case in this tournament. But if it is, then, yeah, bring on the lake, baby. <laughs> right, yeah. But I think as, a, as of now, if we had to speculate, uh, this is going to be a lake derp. A river derp. Or a river derp. Yeah. Uh, through and through. I would say so. Now, here's... This is, to me, the fun speculation. Uh, this is August, so there's not going to be fish on beds then. Um, or at least not many. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, do you think this is a tournament you win on largemouth or smallmouth? Because you know, I think that... <laughs> there. Let's say there's three ways to fish this river. Okay? Maybe there's more. There's like to catch largemouth there's to catch not as many but big smallmouth or there's to maybe catch a lot of smallmouth does that seem like a thing that could be roughly true yeah yeah definitely you know because we look at a lot of the guys in uh you know like the coasts we've had there the last couple of years and especially the one we had uh this past year while you do have guys that will catch a lot of fish it seems like for the most part you wind up with guys that know areas that just hold bigger fish and you know you're, there's so much current in that river and you're, you're having to like basically make a drift run back up make another drift um so you're kind of losing some time there and you're probably catching fish on every drift for the most part but also at the same time it's not like you're really loading the boat by any means um but again, that that's when you're trying to catch five big ones, right? So now you're just trying to catch fish. And I kind of like the the point you brought up of like I might be swinging for some largemouths. I mean, if you can let's put it this way. If you can flip for a largemouth, it's going to take what? 5 seconds to land that fish? Less? Yeah. Now, if you catch a smallmouth out of 30 feet, that's a that fish takes more than a minute because the way, if it is under MLF rules, there's very specific ways you can land that fish, too. You can't just land it with a net. You've got to grab it, yep. and that's going to take even longer, right? Yeah, like by the time you get that thing wore down, like, or there's some shallow stuff, too, that could potentially play for smallmouth then, and it may not necessarily be a size thing, but that's also where your smallmouth numbers thing would come in. Uh, like maybe I could beat up two pound and a half to two and three quarter, three pound fish, like on a flat right outside of maybe even where I'm catching some large mouse. Yeah. One time uh, I was there in the spring and I caught a lot of, well, I don't know if I caught the numbers you'd need to win this thing, but like quite a few small, but they were really small. Like I don't even know if a lot, all of them were 12 inches, but they were in shallow. Maybe you can catch, maybe if you can find a lot of shallow 13, 14 inches, maybe it's game on. Yeah, who knows? It'll be, uh, it'll be kind of see how it, how it gets tackled, but I'm, I'll really be curious about the largemouth fishing. Cause I think we, like, especially this year before the Costa, you and I were thinking that we might see a largemouth guy. You know, maybe not necessarily make the top ten, but we would definitely well. hear more people yeah. trying to, yeah, like, uh, trying to, you know, to push in that. the Elite Series event. What's his name? Made like the top twenty fishing for largemouth. Uh, uh, Shyrock. Shyrock. One of the whichever Shyrock brother fishes the Elite Series. Hunter, right? Hunter. Yeah. Green. <laughs> um, yeah, green. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that's interesting, and I don't know. It's something to, I guess, sort of see. Uh. Slagona, talking with him, he seems to think the way to win is still with smallmouth, or it could still be with smallmouth. Obviously, he would love to qualify for this derby, uh, based on his record at the Thousand Islands. Um, but yeah, he's pretty good there. Super good there. He thinks that the way to win is with smallmouth, but you essentially would not fish the same as you do in a normal tournament. You might go to heavier line, and you might specifically target smaller fish. Uh, okay. Which would make sense. You know, a lot of times guys catch them on, what, 8-pound, 6-pound test. Maybe if you go up to 10-pound test, a little bit heavier hook, you know, you kind of, you can shorten, and you're fishing for smaller fish, you could shorten that uh, 
bass that that bass to boat time quite a bit. Sure. Um, I don't know. It will be very interesting to see because I doubt it'll play out like a normal tournament. Now it could though, because here's the here's an example where maybe it can play out like a regular tournament, right? And I maybe it can't, and you know it, maybe it's impossible. But Dobson on day two. Or, no, day one this year. Caught, like, the fire out of him. He caught, like, 40 fish, he said. And they were all, like, three to four pounds, right? Not big ones, but tons mm-hmm. of them. Catch him on a jerk bait in the drop shot. And he wasn't fishing any different than he normally would. And he would have had, let's say, what's, uh, what's 40 times 30? Or, what's, not 40 times 30, what's, uh, What's like? Let's say thirty times three, or thirty times three point five. Let's say thirty times three point five. Uh, one hundred five. Okay, I just got three thousand one hundred and fifty, but thirty. One hundred and five pounds. That seems like quite a bit of weight, right? I think so. Although you may need more than that. You know, you may legitimately. I mean, thirty fish may not cut it, no matter how how big they are. I don't know. I guess I would be curious to see that one. If only to compare it to history. Yeah, and I'll be really curious to see, um, you know, because they'll have, like, I think they can, you know, they'll have a lines in time uh, where they can start fishing. But if you're going to run towards the the lake at all like say you want to go fish by wolf yeah you ain't uh, getting there i mean gosh that's an hour like you're gonna lose a lot of day just going there so now it really seems like it forces the hand and it would be in your best interest to really fish in front of messina which is fine because there's a lot of fish around there but again then you're kind of like i feel like you're in pretty good largemouth territory there's still plenty of small mouths around there there's a lot um i feel like there's some really good of those shallower flat areas that maybe you could capitalize on some smallmouth in the morning. Maybe it's a largemouth smallmouth thing. Maybe a little of both. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I I know what these last couple years, like around Ogdensburg, I think has kind of been like the juice, and that's not that far of a run, realistically. No, not really. Um, but yeah, I gotta imagine they'll give them some runtime because it's such a huge river, uh, that you know. It would just be really restricting to be like, hey, everybody, let's go. But also, you got to catch fish the whole time. You know what I mean? Right. right. And so, good luck trying to pull a dauber and run a wolf. You ain't doing that. Uh, but you probably could run away. They probably, if you give them some runtime, they could run away. So I wouldn't think they'd. If you give them an hour of run, if you give them two hours of runtime, guys might just run to the lake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,. I don't know. The run to the lake seems like it'd be counterproductive for this kind of fish, this kind of tournament. Um, I would think. But. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Um, hey, so on that note, though, folks can uh, folks can sign up to be a marshal now if they want to. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Um, actually, technically, this week, only folks who uh, marshaled before can sign up. This Friday the 22nd is when, if you've never been a marshal, you can sign up to be yeah. a marshal. Now, Kyle, do you want to let the folks in on a secret? You can probably do it now anyway. Yeah, and nobody's going to know. <laughs> <laughs> if you are really itching to sign up, we'll probably you know, probably just be like, yeah, I marshaled before, wink, and you can probably get in. <laughs> yep, that's, that's just a little gift for uh, being a listener of the FLW Bass Fishing Podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Marshall, it's pretty much the same deal. You get, there's a payout for, uh, each tournament. Um, it's a hundred dollars to sign up and be, and be a Marshall. The top 10 Marshalls get paid. Um, there is, however, no boat drawing at the end of the year. So, you know, in last year, like the more you were Marshall, the more entries you got and stuff like that. Now you're just mm-hmm. being the marshal for that tournament. It's all it's all on that. There's no extra stuff going on. Right, but you can win. It's like twenty five hundred dollars for first place. Um, 
it's like it was last year where you have the combined weight of your pros for the uh, first two days. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, hundred dollars to win twenty five hundred. Heck, even seconds thousand, you get your money back at sixth through tenth. So. Yeah, so which is really not, not a bad. Game. Not, not and you're probably going to learn a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, you will almost certainly learn a lot of cool stuff. I mean, like. Cherokee would have been a bonkers one to watch, right? Oh, man. Absolutely. And there's a lot of them where, I mean, you know, the, when you spend a full day in a boat with somebody, you're going to learn stuff. I, You know, people know that when they're being a co-angler. People know that when you and I are out watching guys. You know, it's that you pick up mm-hmm. stuff that you yep. would otherwise probably never pick up, even if you're watching a guy fish live all day long. Well... For Maybe sure. if you were watching a guy fish live all day long, but there's not really too many scenarios where you can actually watch one person fish live all day long. You bounce around. Um, yeah, yep. So, yeah, it's uh, being a marshal is a pretty cool deal. Um, I think, you know, you kind of pick your spots on that front a little bit. Like, you could do the whole year and that'd be baller, but also you'd probably spend a lot of money, you know. Maybe it'd probably make more sense to do, like, one at a place you might really want to go to and then fish afterwards. Or do uh you know one at your home pond and see what's up there mm-hmm. but yeah be a marshal uh and send us great texts with beautiful information and we will love you <laughs> absolutely that's a very key aspect um at least uh yeah you gotta be a part of the uh coverage crew which is fun yeah very key aspect at least as far as us loving you yep um Let's see. One thing I want to touch on is we put up a an article. Uh, it's just about the FLW Foundation, basically. Uh, and they've been having free fishing derbies uh, around the country. Um, Cody Kelly runs the ones after the FLW Tour events. Uh, next year, FLW Pro Circuit, I assume. Um, and then uh, also different guys run them at FLW Series events on the last day all around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this article just sort of shouted those guys out. Uh, Rob Crane does it in the Central Division. Jimmy Green does it in the Southwestern Division. Chris Williams does it in the Southeastern Division. Uh, Sergio Arguello, I'm going, I'm just mm-hmm. rolling, uh, does it in the Western Division. And then uh, Justin Mounts does it in the Northern Division. Um, and they're pretty cool tournaments, to be honest. My favorite one was at the Thousand Islands a couple years ago. This is one of the ones at Clayton. And the kids were just fishing off like the... Basically... You know how Clayton's got like that... Uh, the river like runs right up to it. And yeah, there's that yep. concrete wall or... I don't know what you call it. Basically, it just drops straight down. Yeah, a little seawall yeah. thing. And they're fishing on that seawall. They had to like go buy new nets because like they broke a net trying to get in a four-pounder. Kids are just smashing them. I mean like hammering them. There's like... Every time I looked over, there was somebody catching, like, either they were bowed up with, like, a four and a half pounder that would about half the time break off in the seawall, or they were bowed up on, like, a one pounder or a rock bass or just something. Like, they were catching the crap out of them. Um, A lot of times they don't really catch much, uh, but they caught them there, that's for sure. Yeah, it's cool to see. Um, Or, like, uh, the one, is that Toho? Where, like kids are catching catfish and stuff off the dock. Oh yeah, when they like fenced in that area. Yeah. That was yeah. that was cool too. Yeah, they did some uh some of them are pretty legit. Some of them are like, well, I hope somebody catches one. Um but it's <laughs> yeah. overall it's a pretty cool deal they do. Um Kyle, what's next? Um I don't know, you want to talk about your time with Slagona? Sure. So AJ and I went fishing. Didn't go to Candlewood. We went to a Secret Lake. Um, Ooh. I'm obviously a big fan of Secret Lakes, uh, personally. This was a good lake. It, basically, our guides were freezing, like, all day, though, so I think if we'd gone on a day when that wasn't happening, we probably would have caught them better. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, but we were there, and we got an article on FLWFishing.com. Not now, but it will be eventually, about hair jigs, because that's how AJ and I caught some of them. It's kind of a northeastern wintertime tactic. Have you ever plied a hair jig, Kyle? I have, but never in the winter. You're like a marabou. No, that's a lie. 
kind of uh, swimmy kind of hair jig, right? Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. The spring, spring, well, really, spring into summer, uh, marabou, like smaller marabou jigs uh, for smallmouths. Though I have ice fished with um, with some hair, uh, but mostly for crappies. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. I'm uh, going to text you a picture of a fish I caught in a hair jig. Um, it's back in the day. This would be in college. Um, Ooh, a throwback. Yeah. And, uh, you'll be able to tell. You can see it's, like, you know, appropriately wintry and whatnot. Um, but, uh, well, that was it. (laughs) Oh, dang. Look at the size of that thing. Dude. Look at young Jody. I know, young Jody. Here's the thing. The scale wouldn't work. We were really disappointed because it was huge. (laughs) Dude, that thing is giant. Um, but anyway, that was like one of the first fish I've ever caught in a hair jig. And it's a thing in the Northeast. Guys fish hair jigs, and they're like particular about what hair they use sometimes. But they fish hair jigs in the Northeast in the late winter. Uh, you cast it out, you drag it back super slow. And like most people, mm. I've kind of dabbled a little bit with it, fishing with braid with a leader. And honestly, I think think i like braid with a leader but most people just fish it with straight fluoro which huh, straight fluoro is better though when it's icy um because braid with a leader with ice huge mess straight fluoro oh, handles gosh, way better um but anyway it's it's neat like you know it's a very slow very boring technique uh but dude it is the dumbest little thing. It's, you know, a little 3 16th, 8th ounce, maybe a quarter ounce black jig. Catches them. Huh. Um, but anyhow, that's going to be on FLW. So you, you, like, drag it back on the bottom? Yeah. You cast it out, you let huh. it sink, you drag it back. Like, really slow. But you just drag it back and then they eat it. Weird. And you can fish it in, like, the same places you'd fish a Kitek, stuff like that. Uh, Slagona, you know, he mostly fishes it for smallmouths. Like, he'll catch largemouths on it sometimes, but, you know, he's more dialed into the wintertime smallmouth-type locations. I've sure. fished it before where you're throwing it at sort of, like, what you would think would be some of the last largemouth in the lake, essentially. I mean, not the last in the lake, but the last places you would catch a largemouth, you know? Oh, okay. You're throwing it to catch a super sluggish fish that is in, let's say, 10 feet of water. You know what I mean? Like, maybe gotcha. a little a little shallow rock or a, med- a mid-depth kind of rock area next to some grass or a sharp little break or something, you know, where you might think, well, there could be a largemouth here. That's the bait to catch it when nothing else works. Um, hmm. It's interesting. I, I, don't, I don't do it a ton because, like, in Vermont, usually I just throw a Kitek, right? Yep. And I'm not saying you shouldn't just throw a Kitek, because that works. But if you're looking to branch out and you want to try different things, dude, it's super fun to catch them on a really wimpy rod. Because um, they can, you know, give you a little bit of a ride then. You know, when you catch them on a Kitek with, like, 12-pound test or whatever, you kind of got them in the wintertime anyhow. And uh, it's neat. And you should stay tuned for this article. Hmm. Huh. I can't wait to read it. Well, I haven't written it yet, but when I get it done, it'll be good. I know. I have complete and utter faith. Um, hey, you want to talk about Florida? Uh, Sure. So I just read your story about Florida, and I was like, man, I want to go to Florida. Right? Uh, You're talking about the Jared McMillan article that will be on the website, probably, by the time you're listening to this? Yeah, we're, I mean, we're definitely in preview mode, uh, but... It's going to be up there, eventually. The The whole gist is, uh, I think we've talked about this a little bit on here, and I'm pretty sure we've had a podcast where Brandon McMillan uh, talks about it, but like the times that we have tournaments in Florida... Are the worst times to fish in Florida. Yeah, they're like not the times that guys that live in Florida get excited to go fishing in Florida. This, like right now is currently one of those times that guys that live in Florida get in, get excited to go fishing. Um, 
and it it sounds super cool because they're pre-spawn fish they're you know feeding up they're hungry there's like big schools of them it's like very you know if, if you've if you've never experienced florida and all you've ever seen is like stuff on tv it's like anti everything you've seen on tv sort of i guess because uh, there's been tournaments it's basically you take a trap a lipless crankbait and a vibrating jig and uh you get out on some of these the first places that these fish come to to set up and start feeding before they go spawn the only difference it seems like which would be really cool to see like okeechobee everyone always talks about they come from the lake and jared was kind of telling me it's the same way on toho and it's the same way like on harris you know like the fish live offshore and they come shallow to uh do their spawning thing and while there's a lot of fish that still live there throughout the course of the year there's a lot of fish that just go off into wherever um you know i guess on on harris and toho you could have kind of some more offshore especially harris you could have like some offshore like ledgy kind of things some shell bar stuff they get on those exist on okeechobee they're just a lot shallower um but now you're now we're starting to get those congregations of fish coming in shallow and dude if you could sit there like Jared was telling me that, you know, he's caught piles of fish off of one spot, like with the power poles down, never move the boat. Um, and, you know, maybe the biggest one's like four pounds. But then he's also said you can get on these schools where, like, as you get closer to the spawn that the females are mixed in. And then he's had, like, 35-pound days, 37 and a half. He caught with a buddy one time. Um, like, big ends, you know. And how cool would that be, just slinging a uh, – a red eye shad or a like a jackhammer or a thunder cricket around catching fish hand over fist dude it looks it sounds super fun um one of the favorite my favorite things about it was how he says he finds them um oh yeah because so one time i was on okeechobee with uh valosinski and he said like you run around the outside of the reed line sometimes and if you see shad start flicking up in your wake, you should just turn around and fish. And it was kind of like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, and when you read the article, you can get the gist of it. But yeah, he, he talks about how a lot of this, you know, it's so intimidating for people, especially now on Okeechobee, where it's, it looks a lot different, right? There's less of that emergent vegetation. You can't see the, as many clumps of reeds and stuff as there used to be. There's not really a hard line of grass on the outside. Um, but you can still drive around those areas and there's still grass. There's still stuff under the water that the fish will hold on. And yeah, if you see birds or you see shad flicking behind your boat, uh, and you can find like a watercolor change. And, you know, if you've listened to anything about Florida, the watercolor is always a factor. But if you find those and some hard bottom somewhere nearby, like you're probably going to catch fish. You don't need your graph to show you fish. You know, like if you were trying to fish ledges on the Tennessee river, you just find those ingredients, and there's probably a bass remotely close to there. And uh, it can go down in a hurry, and it sounds super cool. Like, this is one, this article is one I really wish would be one of those where I could, like, spend time with him <laughs> on the water, A, just to catch fish, but, like, really kind of experience what him and Brandon have told us about. Like, it's the same thing when they, they're like, dude, you guys should come here in, like, May and June. Oh, God, I want it. That's you when know, I want to catching, go. like, 40-pound stringers on topwaters and popping perches and, uh, like, oh, yeah, the frog bite's, like, insane. Uh, meanwhile, we're there during, like, a cold front, and <laughs> you see, you see like, little glimmers of really good fishing. Not even really good. I would just say just big ones that bite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, but this is, it's kind of a cool, you know, I think a lot of people start dreaming about Florida right now. This article just, I think, really reiterates the fact that you should just act on your thoughts and drive to Florida. Yeah. Hey, Kyle, you want to go to Florida? Uh, yeah. I'm All in. right. Um, well, I can't go right now. <laughs> Are you going to pick me up? I can go or... next week. Yeah, you just, just come pick me up and we'll go. All right. I'll do that. Um, I got to. Sweet. I was gonna put my graph on, but I guess if I'm going to Florida. I don't really need to put my uh, transducer nope. back on. Yeah, I was gonna say if it is on, just go ahead and break it off. Oh, and throw it in your splash yeah, well. No, no. And uh, 
<laughs> I'm not I'm not John Cox, man. I don't have just transducer money lying around. Sorry. I gotta be careful with these things. Dude, no, transducers are expensive these days. It's insane. Um, dude, we should go though, uh, I would say. Cause here's the thing. If have you have you fished in Florida much? Not really. Right. Well, every once in a while you will have like a magical window in Florida where like holy smokes they are biting. And I've only had that happen in this in like mostly on warm evenings during practice for uh tournaments. And sometimes sure, I've sure. just railed on them and sometimes I've had to shake them off and it's been the worst. And uh I just can't I can only imagine how good it can be when it's good not the winter and you have yeah. that combo because like dude big florida fish like they really do fight hard you know a lot of i don't know i feel like there's a lot of bass you can catch that don't really fight all that much um largemouth particularly even smallmouth yep. in the winter time you know like a lot of the funnest times to catch fish when the fishing is really good they don't necessarily fight super great dude in florida i mm-hmm. feel like they have a lot of vim and vigor um oh yeah yeah, yeah. It'll go crazy, and, uh, dude, it would, it's fun. I would love to, uh, I'd love to be in Florida right now. Although I do like the snow. It's very beautiful. <laughs> well, that's all right. You're working way south at some point, so you'll start getting closer to Florida. Yes. Yes. In the, uh, working my way, getting there, I wouldn't say it'll be fast, but it would be nice. Because, dude, I mean, just catching a whole bunch of fish, wouldn't that be a good thing? Not having... Oh, dude, it would be awesome. Not having your guides freeze up. That <laughs> would be nice. I can see a lot of advantages to Florida right now. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Do you have anything else you want to mention or talk about? You know, uh, I don't... Well, I So, I went duck hunting over the weekend, and... Uh, it was like my buddy Nick gave me the invite to go, and we were hunting with a couple of his buddies. But got to hunt with uh, his buddy Chad, who was oh, a Chad Smith. Uh, he's a big fan. No, I wish. Oh. Uh, can't remember his last name, but Chad's a big fan of uh, like Day Five, and I think he dabbles with the podcast a little bit. So uh, if he's listening to this, shout out to you. Also, let's go. Let's go actually shoot some ducks because. Uh, Did you guys not shoot we, ducks? Well, uh, it was just, we, we shot a few, but it wasn't great. We need to get back after it, so oh. holler at me. All right. Kyle, I thought you, every time you went and shot ducks, you shot hundreds. I thought you were, like, duck king. <laughs> I, I Maybe maybe I like to think I am, but uh, definitely not. Suze was a little disappointed that she didn't have enough to retrieve, so. Oh, Suze, we're I'm actually, so sorry. The, as soon as we finish up this podcast, I'm going to be going scouting to try to find me some ducks to get after at some point this week. So, All right. I think that's a... Uh, Maybe I'll have a better update fair. You know, next episode. All right, cool. I was just going to say, I've been giving the ducks water every morning. I love watching them drink water. We've got runner ducks. Do you know what runner ducks are? Uh, not a clue. Okay, well, they're tall ducks, basically. Um. They're, like, a little bit thinner. They walk much more vertically. Uh, and if you Google them or whatever... Can they run? Kind of. I okay. mean, they're pretty quick. I wouldn't say they're a lot quicker than any other duck. Um, they don't, like, get up and gallop or anything like that. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. But anyway, they're cool ducks. Uh, and I think they're cool ducks anyhow. And, uh, gosh, I just love drinking, watching them drink water. They The way their bills are, like... They slurp around a lot, and it's just fun. They're cool. They're, they're good. Ducks are good critters. <laughs> and I will say... They are. Ducklings, extremely cute. Oh, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Anyway, folks, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming for the ducks, staying for the fishing. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I guess if you want to... If you want to give us some input, lead, guide the direction of the show... Uh, folks can contact us, correct, Cal? They absolutely can. Uh, we'd love hearing from you. Hit us up, podcast at flwfishing.com, and uh, we'll see what we can do. Like we said on the last episode, 
we got some time. So, like, if you guys want to hear some stuff, let us know. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck with ducks and maybe Jody talking about rabbits. So Yeah, because, like... If that's what you're into, great. We, I mean, let's be fair. You and I invented about three quarters of the stuff we were going to talk about in this show. You know, we're stretching it. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, yeah, you got that. Uh, Kyle is on Instagram. It's at Kyle Lumber. I'm sure when he when he catches some ducks, he'll probably tell us about it there. Um, yep, yep. I'm there. It's uh, Jody Blanco. A lot of critters going on right now. Um, and then, of course, FLW is a whole variety of places. MLF is also a whole variety of places. Um, you can find all those things on the Internet. I've got faith in you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you, you guys can figure it out. May have a new varsity bass up in not too long. Uh, YouTube.com slash FLW Fishing would be the place for that. Um, Excellent. And I guess that'll about do it, man. All right. Well, uh, safe travels on your way back home. And everyone else, until next time, see ya. Josh Strakner. Strachen. First up, <laughs> I'm redoing it. First up, we've got an interview with Josh. Wow. First up, we've got an interview with Josh. <laughs> Strachner, right? I think Strachner is yeah. what you said. First up.